I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Before we begin this program, I want to express my gratitude. I'm humbled and honored to have been the recipient of the Director's Award at the Coast Community Radio annual meeting on Saturday. My heartfelt gratitude to all of you who listen, to all of you who create this station over and over every day, which is a touchstone in all of our lives. Thank you so very much. Today, we are going to be talking about a marvelous event, which is happening on Sunday, Sunday, November 10th, from 4 to 6. It is a community conversation entitled Compassion in Action. What is compassionate? How can we become more compassionate people to create more harmony in our world, in our own selves, inside all of us? And today in the studio, we have two very important people who are involved with this. We have Seth Titchener. Seth is a Classic Community College professor of politics, philosophy, and religion. He's the co-founder of Philosophians, philosophy talks all over Clatsop County, and he is the moderator of the Compassion in Action event. Good morning, Seth. Well, hello. So glad to have you here. I'm happy to be here. We also have in the studio Anne Robin Dot. Anne is an interfaith minister and a chaplain. She's also a member of SKIP, which is an organization here in Clatsop County entitled Spiritual Communications in Partnership. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Spiritual communities. Did I, what did I say? Communication, which is oh the my whole gosh. idea well, of what we're talking communication. about. They, That's they right. They lead into one another. Well, they do they indeed. Do. <laughs> All right. Spiritual Communities in Partnership. So that's the sponsor of this event, along with Providence Seaside Hospital, where it's happening on Sunday afternoon. And we'd like to thank them very much for their support and uh, our being able to host it there. Indeed. And before we begin talking about Compassion in Action, an event that you definitely want to attend because it's um, it's vital right now. Yes. Um, let's learn a little bit about each of you. So, Seth, please tell us about yourself. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Portland, but my grandparents were up here, so I spent a lot of time coming up here. I taught uh, at a number of different places around Oregon and the West and at uh, Linfield College and Oregon State University, University of Hawaii, a bunch of different places. But most recently, we've been here uh, teaching the college. My wife, Gad, works over at the hospital, and we are trying to uh, do things where we bring philosophical conversations, awareness, and whatnot to people everywhere because access to your own thoughts in the form of philosophy is a human right. So this is what we do. And your degree is in philosophy. One of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, also, I also have a degree in theology, too. So, And I have some background in history. It's part of the reason I teach the many things I do. <laughs> and you've been here how long? So? Uh, well, most recently I've been here since, Gad and I have been here since 2013. Uh, but I've, like I said, I've spent a lot of time throughout my life up here. I lived here about 20 years ago for a little while. And, and uh, I've spent a lot of time earlier than that coming up and spending summers up here, things like that. And tell folks who may not be familiar with the Philosopherians, what are the Philosopherians? Well, it's a nonprofit group that Gad and I, my wife and I uh, started a number of years ago. And essentially, it was the idea that philosophy is something that is, it's a very natural thing, it's a very human thing, but it's something that gets locked away and seen as obscure or inaccessible or woo-woo and things like this. And so what we decided to do was try to find ways in which to 
both bring philosophical conversations and reflections out into the community, mm-hmm. but also to demonstrate that there are philosophical conversations going on all around us and that quite often when people ask these questions and they feel they're alone or they're thinking something that no one else cares about, they're they're wrong. There's quite a bit going on there and we try to facilitate that. I actually gave a TEDx talk about that a couple of years ago to that effect. So Well, we'll talk more about the meaning of compassion and the meaning of philosophy, I suppose, yeah, they're, in this they're, conversation. I think they're, in, they're interrelated, very much so. Indeed, indeed. I think we need to have philosophers and artists and free thinkers of all kinds on our political boards, on our city councils. We need to have different perspectives. Absolutely. It's not just reading, writing, and arithmetic. No. And Robin Dot, please tell us about yourself. Well, I've been an interfaith chaplain for about three years, and I've been a minister for over 30, and spirituality has just been such a strong part of my life ever since I was little. I um, grew up coming to Astoria as well with a grandmother living here and cousins and um, been a resident for most of the last 30 years in Astoria and um, or Clatsop County. I'm really happy to be involved with the hospital as a volunteer chaplain and, and have been volunteering at the crisis, I mean at the cancer center since it opened as well. I um, think that bridging faith traditions or looking for commonalities in faith traditions is a really important part of looking to a broader picture of how do we all get along on this planet and the commonalities are so much more important than the differences of our traditions or the rituals that we do. And my emphasis has always been on teaching practices and teaching meditation and and helping people from that point of view. And tell us about the Spiritual Communities in Partnership, about that organization which you're part of. It started out of um, actually Providence Hospital, so we're coming full circle to being back there. In about 2000, um, the chaplain at the time brought in volunteers, and those volunteers were meeting as a group to help support each other as well. And then there was a transition to it, and it became a community group outside of the hospital. And at that time, our acronym stood for South County Interfaith Partnership because most people were faith leaders in that area. And now we're broadly interfaith and throughout the whole county. Um, the intention of that group has always been interfaith rather than you know an ecumenical group of Christian ministers. Um, and now it's realized that in terms of the diversity that I've gotten involved. Um, when I came, I think a large group was eight people around the table and we're um, 15 to 20 now. So um, it's really grown, and the diversity has grown as well. Mm-hmm. And the mission of the organization, essentially, is mm-hmm. not only to support people in the inter, you know with interfaith tradition, bridging those those um, those those um, divides that really cannot. Can, you can look at them as uh, they're not divides; they're just little lines that we we give power to. But um, and to create things like community conversations and Absolutely. events. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, I'm actually not officially a member of, of Skip, but I've, you know, I get I get involved with a number of things they do, and one of the things that I see with it is that it's a way not just to have conversations within 
an interfaith context, but within the community at large. It doesn't matter whether you follow a tradition or don't. The fact is that human beings have these have these needs, have these questions, have these uh, ways in which they need to interact with one another, and this provides an opportunity and uh, occasions for people to begin to pursue that and build that and find common ground and come to be better together as a result of it. So these spiritual communities and partnership and Providence Seaside are actually the sponsors of this event. There are going to be some light refreshments. It's called Compassion in Action. So let's talk about that word, compassion. Sure. What does that mean? You want to start or shall I? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I I think that uh, it's a it's a pretty profound word, and it's a word I think that sometimes gets taken for granted a little bit because it is so deep. My way of seeing it uh, is that compassion is recognizing the the struggles and the the living and the experience and the possibility uh, of the other in yourself and yourself in the other. It's basically finding this common, this common breadth and possibility of humanity in one another, even in the midst of our struggles, uh, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our achievements and our parent differences, things. So not, so feeling empathy, not sympathy necessarily, but empathy uh, with another being. I think, I think empathy is the, is the first step with it. But here's one thing I would add to it. Um, I, I think it's very important to recognize that while compassion certainly has an element of feeling to it, compassion has to be more than just a feeling. If compassion were just a feeling, it really wouldn't be able to achieve that much because it's very easy to feel compassionate for like a little puppy that's broken its leg in the street. It's very hard to feel compassion in the sense of feeling it for say, an unrepentant criminal. Um, and yet it's the ability to, to find compassion, not forgiveness necessarily even, uh, not, uh, not, not pushing things aside, but recognizing the, that spirit of there but for the grace of God go I, um, and being able to, to come together with it and hold that as a way of thinking about the world that it needs to be that. So it's a, I would say it is a feeling, but even beyond a feeling, it's a disposition or a state of mind. Maybe almost a a, a kind of um, a, a decision to proceed in a certain way. And it can be cultivated compassion. But let's we're going to talk more about this. It's a huge topic. Yeah. And and please tell us your thoughts about compassion. Well, I like that aspect about holding it in your mind, because part of compassion is creating more space to let things be as they are. And so when I am challenged by a situation where somebody is really passionately holding an opinion that I don't agree with, then to be able to have skills and means to be with that, that compassion of recognizing that person and my own emotions, but creating space so it's not, you know, it's not personally engaging in that kind of way that often people do get when they're really emotional. Which becomes very threatening. Which becomes very threatening. And so being able to be with that person and 
meet them where they are in terms of like recognizing it. Like when you have a kid who's really angry, if you just acknowledge that they're really angry, it kind of dissipates things in a kind of way. So being learning to be skillful with yourself, because mm. I mean, also, we also have all those critical things that are going on in our minds a lot of times when we you know, start listening, to be able to have that kind of compassionate space with yourself as well to go like, oh, and not beat yourself up. So it's, it is being able to have a bigger view of things. Mm-hmm. And the root of the word compassion? Well, in English, the root of it, it, calm is obviously with, and then passion is from the Greek word pathos, which means to suffer with. So it's, it's like, for instance, the passion of the Christ, for instance, is the suffering with it. And it's, it's suffering in the, in the sort of the, the deeper sense of it, of, of the restlessness, of the, of the need to, to move or to change or to shift or to have something be different. So that as I see, and I would say with compassion, as I see that you are uneasy and unable to be where you are, so it is I recognize the restlessness in myself, and perhaps we can begin to come together with it. This is what I would take compassion to be when someone exercises that. Well, certainly, you all have chosen a topic which is the antidote to what is happening in our world today with so much divisiveness, so much anger, so much hatred, and and um, and compassion. I mean, I'm assuming that you all have a thought that there is going to be great conversation like I, we're having now. We're, we're hoping so. <laughs> and and uh, which will then lead to people being more mindful and aware um, because that's what we need more of in the world is this um, harmony which can be created internally for us and in our outer worlds if we do demonstrate compassion as a verb, as a noun, mm-hmm. however we look at it. Right, as something that's done. Um, it's, it's, I think, I think there, there's a certain way sometimes that, again, maybe because of how deep a part of us compassion is, we tend to take it for granted, we tend to neglect it, and when that happens, so many of the things that end up dividing us, uh, jealousies, uh, misunderstandings, competition that that goes nowhere seem to arise because we don't recognize the commonality with it. But there are so many natural things that human beings do that lead us towards this. We want to understand one another. We want to appreciate and be appreciated. We, we're curious about one another. All of these things are natural parts of what it is to be human. And a decision to be compassion helps us bring it to that and, I would say, dissolve so many of the things that get in the way of it. The main thing is we have to be mindful of it and we have to actually do it. We have to practice it and we have to try to at least cultivate a situation, a context, a milieu, if you will, uh, in which that can happen. So I want to say one thing that um, with interfaith, you mentioned earlier, you know, that when you're engaging with people who feel different, you might feel or believe differently, you might feel um, challenged or that, you know, if you listen to them, you might feel like you're wrong. And um, within the interfaith communities, you have people who are challenged and feeling threatened that they might, you know, start not to believe what their faith tradition says if they engage with somebody of a different faith tradition. And what people find 
is that it actually strengthens their own beliefs to be engaged with Mm -hmm. a Buddhist as a Christian minister. And they find that it's not it's not watering it down. They, they find that it actually, you find the commonalities and you find strength in the depths of your roots in your tradition by engaging with people of other traditions. So that's one of the things that I'm hopeful about too is that when we start to really understand where people are coming from by being more open and willing, I think you know, it's a decision, yes, but it's also just that initial opening and willingness to listen and engage. Mm-hmm. So being willing to engage is is one of the things I'm really hopeful about. Yes, yeah. indeed. And if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today we're talking about a marvelous event happening this Sunday, November 10th, from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Seaside Providence Hospital. You go in by the pharmacy entrance. It's their education center. This event is Compassion in Action. What a perfect topic for our times, for everyone. It's a free event. It's a community conversation. Seth Titchener is going to be the moderator. He is a professor of philosophy, religion, and politics at Classic Community College. He's also the co-founder of the Philosopharians, and he will be moderating this event. We also have in the studio Anne Robin Dot. Anne is an interfaith minister and a chaplain. She's also part of the group Spiritual Communities in partnership here in Clatsop County. And we've been talking about the meaning of compassion. And what you just said um, is very important because I think when, if children are imprinted, um, as they are by their parents and by society, um, to have a particular belief system, that their belief system is right and everything else is wrong, it's much harder um, for them as they grow up, if they're kept in a fairly rigid belief system kind of environment, to be able to then entertain other thoughts or ideas because those do appear like they would threaten your own foundation. How you, and, and I don't know if you, all, if you read the book Educated um, about the young woman who was raised in a, uh, an environment in which she was taught that everything that happened in her family was the real world and everything outside was mm-hmm. not real and how she was able to somehow walk through a door and actually become educated. That's the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, fascinating journey, yeah. that book. Sure. Um, but how is it that compassion occurs and how can people open their minds if um, if they have, if they're clinging very um, strongly to a belief system which they think defines who they are? Well, it is very challenging to to be willing to risk, you know, that sensibility of self-definition. Um, I think that having trust in yourself is a real fundamental part of the path. Because if you, you know, have operated off of a belief system that's worked for you, then, you know, there's some truth in that, even if it's really different than my truth. And, and trusting that creates a little bit of opening in that door, that I could entertain, you know, what somebody else says as true for them, and that I don't necessarily have to take it on, but, but becoming able to listen to, well, what works for you in your life, and how come? 
So it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of, again, finding, saying, I'm glad that works for you and something else works for me and we're not harming one another. We're not going to try to convince each other that we have to all believe the same thing. So I know that uh, you like something called karuna. Do you want to talk about what that means? Well, yeah, karuna, it's it's a Sanskrit term. It's used in a lot of uh, the Buddhist Sanskrit, uh, uh, Mahayana Buddhist Sanskrit traditions. And it, it, it means compassion. It is, uh, but it, but it has a slightly different connotation than compassion sometimes has in in some of the other traditions that is used. It it certainly involves, you know, sympathetic joy and loving kindness mm-hmm. and the ways in which we come together with one another. It has all that, but it also involves really coming to recognize and appreciate something simply as it is, and or another simply as it is, and recognizing that when you can see another simply as they are, it, amongst other things, allows you to be more as well. And I would take something like that with regard to the fear of engaging in compassion because you might lose your faith or you might be challenged in some way or undermined in some way. Or your political viewpoint or whatever. Or your political viewpoint Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And recognize that when you approach something with compassion, especially with the sense of karuna, of just being able to see it for what it is and appreciate it with a kind of open heart and and probing mind and bringing your, the best aspects of yourself, willfully bringing the best aspects of yourself towards that thing, there is a way that that you cannot but benefit from it because whatever you have grows through the process of engaging things. That's how human beings learn things generally. It's just the way we're constructed. And when we bring ourselves to that where we can grow, it's like it's like putting a plant in an environment where it can where it has proper soil and proper water and proper light and all the things that it needs for it to grow as it is. This is what human beings do. We nourish ourselves intellectually, culturally, spiritually by being compassionate because we put ourselves in positions where we can see the other as the other and find the strength and nature and character of it in ourselves, in however we do. And and you said something very important earlier about listening, listening, listening. And because how does compassion occur and how can we cultivate it? So um, listening from the point of view of for someone's highest good, listening for, you know, what their truth is, um, so often... We are raised with, well, I want to get my two cents in. I want to prove my point. And conversations really about letting the other person being heard and wanting to be seen and heard yourself. And, um, and it does take letting go of trying to prove a point. A friend of mine likes, liked to say, um, would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? Which I think was a really good good motto. It's like, oh. I, I would add to it, too. I think another way in which we bring compassion about, it, some of it, as we've said already in this conversation, is a decision to do it. But the other way is, is really modeling it. You know, there's, there is a way that when you call people to the high road by being on the, as high road as you can be, Allow, and allowing yourself to be corrected, allowing yourself to, to be engaged, um, allowing yourself to look at things that you might not agree with, but you can still recognize the dignity of in the other person, even if you don't 
think it's correct, you can still appreciate it on a humane level. If, when you do that, you bring that out in other people. We, it's, we are social beings. There is just no way around that. And because it's such a basic part of what we are, when we do things socially, it imbues and infuses the way in which we live. To act compassionately, to model compassion, to, to bring compassion and to, to encourage compassion around you is to have that be part of your life. And it's a little like just helping a metabolism. You become healthier in both the body politic and the spiritual body as well, and intellectually, all the different parts of what it is to be human. So Seth mentioned um, sympathetic joy, and that might not be a term people would have heard or understand. And so I just wanted to follow up on that saying, when you feel happy because of somebody else's happiness. So being able to notice something going on in your environment um, and just noticing, you know, being happy for them. And, And I think that also is a great way of extending that I think this is going to be a very lively conversation on Sunday about because I think people probably have different ideas about how uh, compassion can work for them in their own lives with themselves. You know, we're always very hard on ourselves. Sometimes we have conflicting parts that are warring with each other inside. And Mm -hmm. and then, of course, we have these external things happening. Um, I, I love your right about honoring the idea of an, uh, this other being, just honoring that person, uh, which is why Bioneers talked about this a little earlier, but uh, there's an old Kikuyu saying in Africa where when they, not a saying, actually, it's a greeting. When they greet each mm. other, they raise their hands and they say, I see you. Indeed, mm. I see you. So it means I honor that you're a being as I'm a being. You know, we are both beings, you know, um, whatever your political views, whatever, I honor you as another, a fellow being. Mm -hmm. So we just have a few minutes left. What else would you like the listening audience to know about this event, Compassion in Action, happening Sunday, November 10th from 4 to 6 um, at the Providence Seaside Hospital, go in by the pharmacy entrance. It's a free event. There will be some light refreshments served. It'll be a really lively conversation. Are you thinking it's for all ages or kind of where are you all in that way? Well, I would say that oh, I'll take. It. I, I I would say that uh, I think it's it's for most ages. Maybe very young children. If they if they're going to get distracted, we would probably ask for for them to <clears throat> uh, some compassion with that. <laughs> but but I think for the most part, it really is for just about everybody from from whatever perspective you're coming from. This is is something you know in the in in previous conversations we've had about this. We've had people from all sorts of different faith traditions and people who are not from any faith tradition at all come because in. Because compassion is not connected with it's, faith. It's not at all. it's not connected with faith necessarily. It's not connected with politics necessarily. It's not con- connected with intellectual life connect, uh, necessarily, but it is involving all of these things. I think what we would want is um, we want as many people to come as they can to pe- people to participate as much as they would like and for the conversation both happening there and uh, and outside to continue. This, I think, in many ways is meant to be a catalyst. It's meant to be a catalyst for conversation about these kinds of ideas, and we hope you can be part of that catalyzing project. Absolutely, because if there's more compassion within ourselves and in the world, what will happen? 
well, I think we end up becoming more humane in many ways. We, we, when, when we can bring compassion to ourselves and to, to the world around us, we create a situation where so many of the things that separate us melt away. The, the, the misunderstandings, the, the, the distrust, the, uh, the need to be right at the expense of something else. These things are short-term activities that have all the reality of shadows in relation to our greater human endeavor, and, and they, they wash them away. Compassion is an antidote the way light is an antidote for shadows. It brings something that is there to make it possible. And when people are more connected and recognizing that unity and the one with another suffering, that people, you know, will be more apt to want to cooperate and be engaged in, you know, trying to solve some of our bigger problems, because it will take that level of listening and cooperation and all parties being at the table to try and, you know, figure out new ways to approach some of these problems. Indeed. A more harmonious inner world and outer world Indeed, yeah. is possible through the practice of compassion. Thank you both so much for being here today and for organizing this catalyst, this exciting event that's happening, this free community event. It's a community conversation, Compassion in Action. It's Sunday, November 10th, 4 to 6, Providence Seaside Hospital. It's a free event. Um, my guests have been Seth Titchener and Ann Robin Dott, and um, I'm so grateful. This is just a really powerful, again, antidote to what's happening in our world today. Thank you for giving this gift to the community. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us, yeah. and um, people are also welcome to come and listen. It's not like anybody's going to be put on the spot yeah, to engage. So participate absolutely. as you wish. Yeah. Look, look forward to seeing you and hearing you. Thank you so much, both of you. And Dylan Hauser-Shock, yes, the amazing and wonderful, who was also recognized and honored at um, the uh, Coast Radio annual event on Saturday. Thank you for being the engineer today. Uh, and my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Brun for his original theme music for this program. Until next week. Find a moment for yourself. In fact, let's all take that moment right now and take a deep breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't going well, but focus on the things that are with gratitude. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for doing the best you can because under the circumstances you probably are, and for being here now in the only moment that exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>